Just in case random sounds leak into our recording. Uh -oh. I mean, a lot of random sounds leaked into our other recording. <laughs> Car podcasting. Sorry? Car podcasting. Car podcasting. Okay, wow, Rachel. How's it going? <laughs> I already said that. It's still going good. I'm sleepy. <laughs> From 10 seconds But I ago. think I'm always sleepy. Yeah, I think so. Um, we were talking about identity yes. and how we give it power. And okay, hold on. I wanted to map this out as I was setting up. So we have identity. It, we give it power because it's really important to us. Or like... I feel like there's the difference between identity. Hmm. It's like as like the concept hmm. and then the things we put our identity in. Right. Um, and so we put our... I, like identity is the label and it's a big drop down menu. Okay. <laughs> and then the things in the drop down menu are like mother, rock climber, tap dancer. Yeah. Okay. Like good student, smart person, nice never, person. Never late. Yeah. Um, okay. Friend. Friend. <laughs> uh, and so we, and then we, I guess we keep on pumping it up. We like. It's like this giant bag. We just keep on adding items into this bag. And eventually this bag's very full and heavy and immovable. I think as soon as you put one item in it, it's heavy. Right. I think of it less as a bag and more of like, you. there's no, you can't put it in a bag. It's more like, I don't know, something slippery. Oh, okay. Like a snowball. <laughs> like a snowball. And you're like, but you have to hold it. Right. And the more that you're trying to hold the yeah. harder it is because you're like trying to juggle and sometimes mm. they like don't go super well together like maybe it's not super easy to be like a mother and a professional rock climber you right. know you got to juggle yeah the snowballs but also the fact that like it's really hard to hold snowballs like you for a long time mm. and too cold yeah we want to have these identities that are immovable and permanent and like that is who i am right and that is how other people see me and that is how i see myself but, um, the unfortunate nature is that we can't always be that change. Yeah. Things change or even just like day to day, there will be moments when like, you know, I am a student, right. but at a given moment, it doesn't actually matter whether I am or I'm not a student. I'm just mm -hmm. like buying apples. Right. And so who am I to the person that I'm buying apples from? They don't know that I'm a student. Right. I'm a customer now. Yeah. And, like, that's just, like, super minor. You wouldn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. You would probably even just assume that the person you're buying it from knows that you're a student because right. you look like a student because that is who you are. And you're so poor that you can only <laughs> buy the cheap apples. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, so how I wanted to enter this line of how I wanted to start this podcast, basically was saying, okay, we've constructed identity and we've given it power, but we've also 
I mean, we, we were just talking about how identities constructed and not super real and like it, is it dangerous to put so much power in something that's not real yeah i think we have identities that are real well, well we've made them real no i think there are some that are like there is like and you know at the end of the day our identity is like we are human right like that is what you are that's not changing right and like i don't know i think different people believe different things about like what it means to be human mm-hmm. but that like those things whatever it is like you believe that is immovable and that's like i think where like kind of spiritual beliefs come into it mm-hmm. what you believe it means to be a human right um but i think it becomes dangerous when we make anything less powerful when less powerful than that our identity because i think our identity is actually like a really big and powerful thing and it can't be filled with something right any of these labels that we choose for ourselves well, so almost the analogy that i wanted to um or not the analogy i wanted to draw the comparison to was um i was reminded of money and how us as humans we've like collectively agreed upon money as being valuable and important and real right but like that's just all power that we as humans we've agreed to give and like that's crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it's crazy how much how much power we've pumped into money like uh i don't know if i've shared this story with you before but have you heard of it was a Planet Money podcast episode about the stone money on the Isle of Yap, where it's like these like Polynesian islands, and their currency is these giant rocks. <laughs> um, convenient. <laughs> it's super convenient, but um, you know they're not used for day to day exchanges. They're more used for like dowries, like um, oh in exchange for your daughter please take this giant rock uh and so the story i heard from this podcast was uh one day they were transporting this giant rock from one island to the next island on their little boat on the boat uh there was a storm at sea the boat sank uh the person driving the boat they're like oh no this king's rock sank to the bottom of the ocean so he swam back to the king was like king i'm sorry your rocks at the bottom of the ocean and the king was like, oh, you know what? No, no worries. Don't worry. Who cares about it? doesn't matter where the rock is. Just everybody on this island collectively knows that that rock at the bottom of the ocean is my rock. And when I, like, want to use that rock again, like, I want to marry your daughter, um, that rock at the bottom of the ocean, I have transferred its ownership from me to you. It doesn't matter where it lives. Right. It's just that collectively we all agree that that rock at the bottom is now your rock and which is very crazy. much how money works it's today. very much how money works because <laughs> it's just like yeah my computer screen says i have 500 bucks now i have zero and you have 500 yeah right um yeah. and like we've all just trusted that that's the system that yeah. works and like when i go to a restaurant and like i ask for food you've cooked me up this delicious uh fried rice with cashews awesome um 
and I will give you some computer screen text. <laughs> Please take it. I have lots of it. Yeah. Um, so like, okay. So anyways, here's money. We've created it. We've given a lot of power. It's crazy. Have we done the same thing with identity? I think with with the things we put our identity in, which is sometimes money, kind of, like, we have ascribed meaning to these different roles, mm-hmm. sometimes which kind of exists, like a job, mm-hmm. like, I am a doctor, like, that does exist, like, the, the role of doctor exists. Right. But then you get into, like, all different other kinds of identity, like gender identity, how, mm-hmm. to what extent does gender actually exist, mm-hmm. or, like personality like we love personality types i like personality types i think they're super interesting but like we then like we love to like label Mm -hmm. because it helps us to like control things right and we've also like assigned values to each one of those labels right and it's it's different for every person Mm -hmm. yeah we like to yeah we have like set up a system i think we like to have a system of seeing the world i think we want to have control over it mm-hmm. and it's not and i think we kind of masquerade it as this desire for efficiency which is not a bad thing but i think sometimes like the desire for efficiency is just actually a desire for control um right like i think when the desire for efficiency becomes like a f- turns into like a fear it becomes this fear of like not being able to like control everything okay like it- we need to make our systems i was just thinking about money like we need to make the system more and more complicated (laughs) so that it can do more right so that we can make it work to our advantage Mm. can we go can we go back to this identity thing so we have this identity there's like student uh, student resident doctor um and as a student i think you, you sort of value that low of, like, within society, oh, I'm just a student, like, I don't really know anything, I'm still learning, right? And then maybe as a resident, like a doctor in training, you've, like, given yourself permission to be above the students, the regular non-doc medical students, but you're still, like, below full-blown doctor. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that, like, as the world the, the, and there's sort of a lag time between you accepting that oh i'm a doctor now and the world has acknowledged that you're a doctor now and there's sort of this lag between it right there's a lag between how i see my identity and like the world accepting me as that identity i've chosen for myself mm-hmm. um and then okay so there's values associated with each of those like maybe as a student i'm a, like my value is uh, like five identity points mm-hmm. <laughs> and then next it's 10 identity points and then it's like 40 identity points ah i finally i've made 40 identity points yeah and i think that's where the danger comes in mm-hmm. because then there's this that's what that's when you think there's a value attached to these roles that you play or these labels that you put on yourself that's when like the fear right and like the desire to control sets in because you're like oh well like i need to be better or i can be better so i have to or i have to be better by just making other people worse 
Right. You know, like, oh, well, like, if I just make other people seem like terrible people, then I'll mm-hmm. seem like this really awesome, smart, or kind person. Right. Um, or, I mean, even if it's not malicious like that, it's just this, there's a potential, something happens, you lose your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you aren't, you aren't even a student anymore. You're just an unemployed right. person. Right. And that's like zero identity points. Right. And I think that is sometimes why life hits us so hard because we're so attached mm. to, and we've attached value. Mm-hmm. We've attached judgment to the roles right. that we play and the things that we do or the things that we have. It, it's like a identity inflation or deflation yeah. of like what was once this valuable or, or I guess what I was actually going to say was, or maybe I'm not a very, I'm not, I'm not an economics person, but mm-hmm. um, it's not like the, the value of money is fixed either. Like I think because it is a human construct, each participant in that, in money can like, like I can make $1 go farther than maybe what you can make one dollar mm-hmm. or like one dollar means different things to different people yeah and so so it's like our own relationship with money and it's like our own relationship with our identity yeah i picture it like maybe kind of like a bank account mm. where it's like and, and yeah okay so going with that analogy like identity and money i picture it with the identity piece i don't know what that is I think there is a monster living in your sewers. Okay. That's what that sounded like to me. Um, so with the identity piece and the value we attach to it, I think I think to some extent we all not picture it this way, but sort of imagine like everybody's name is written in like a book of life and next to everybody's name is a number. And you can make that number go up and down. So similar to like a bank account, you can make the number go up and down. But like you were saying because we've standardized the system of money so much there is kind of an agreed upon number like this is this is what your number is and this is what you can buy with it right um but different people will value that money differently some people will think like oh i've got a thousand bucks i'm rich other people will be like i have a thousand bucks i can't make rent (laughs) right um so i think with that number in the book of life like your identity number or your value as a human being Mm -hmm. um some people, their number will go up. They value, like, professional accomplishments. So, like, getting an award or a promotion makes their number go up. Other people right. value um, just, like, kindness and generosity. So, for mm-hmm. them, their number goes up when they are, like, friendly to someone on the street. Mm-hmm. Or when they donate to charity, their number goes up for them. Right. Um, and for somebody else, when someone spends too long at work, for some people, that would be like an up. For some people, it would be a right. down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we're all like looking at each other and assigning different numbers to different people for different things. And we all want to surround ourselves with people. We were talking about mm-hmm. like how this ties into community and identity. And like I think we kind of want to surround ourselves with people that value the same things as us so that you know they will see our numbers going up as we're trying to make right. our numbers go up. Right. And we have a really hard time getting along with people that like negatively value the things that we positively value Mm, mm -hmm. because it's like i'm doing such a good job why are you looking down on me right and i think that is another reason in addition to just like the 
um, instability of like putting our identity in these things, mm-hmm. it also makes us just like judge one another and like makes it hard to relate to people. Right. Yeah. Like the, the tighter, what was the, the tight fist yeah. that you were saying earlier? The, like the, the tighter we're holding onto our identity, the more likely we are to sort of miss out on life, miss out on like other relationships. Yeah. Because we won't do other things. We won't meet people that disagree with us. Right. And, and judge people negatively for things that don't match our identity. And, yeah. Yeah. So I guess... So like if I'm a really good student, I will like really judge the people who value like social stuff over school stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I am a student and therefore everything... And I'm not just a student. I'm a good student. Mm. And so... Everything about being a good student is a good thing. Not just for me, but for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, almost, like, inherently. Like, I don't think you can have something that is your identity. You Mm -hmm. can't put your identity in something without also wanting other people to put their identity in it. Right, yeah. Because because it's something that, oh, this has so much value to me. How can these other people not see the value in it? Yeah, and so you can't accept that concept because... Mm. And I think that is... That's just, like, another reason that's, like, we're not supposed to put our identity in these things. That's, like, not what the way the world was created to work. Right. I mean, but that's how humans have created it. Like you were sort of saying earlier, uh, we like to organize and assign value. So it's, like, the world's chaotic. We need to come up with a system. This is the system we've devised for ourselves. With this system, we start judging other people and yeah. uh, separating them. You are bad. You are good because of this. But I don't think we have to. Right. I think that is the way that we function almost all of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's right. I think it's really dangerous. And I don't think the world has to be that way. Right. I, I mean, so I think it does... I was almost going to use the word efficient. Um, I think it does... I don't hate efficiency. <laughs> I think it does help us. It's like a tool. This identity is a tool, much in the same way money is a tool that we've created. And it is useful sometimes, but be careful. Tools are powerful. Don't let it own you. Mm-hmm. So I think this system of like identifying ourselves, identifying others, uh, creating communities is useful but understand its extent and understand where we get obsessed with it obsessed with money obsessed with identity yeah and i think when i use the word identity i mean it's like it's really it is who you are Mm -hmm. as a being right and so i think whenever anything becomes your identity it has that huge amount of power and Mm -hmm. influence Mm -hmm. i think yeah like roles even labels to some extent have a purpose like you need to be able to differentiate. People need to do different things for the world to function. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we necessarily need to put our identity in those like roles and labels. Like, right. it's not a bad thing to be a mother. Obviously, it's a great thing, I think, for most of the time. But as soon as that becomes, like, you repl- I don't know. It's, a, it's the same way you hear about... Like, it's important when you talk about people, or people can get really up in arms when you introduce them as their label, not mm. as their name. Right. Um, like, we, I don't know, I remember sort of 
working or like doing a like a learning tour on the mm-hmm. downtown east side mm-hmm. and learning about how powerful it can be to just not refer to people as that is a homeless person right. but as a person experiencing homelessness right um and then i heard another story recently about there's a an engaged couple and they were both teaching at a school mm. um one was like the counselor and one was a band teacher or something like that and mm the superintendent was visiting the school and there was like some kind of like staff party or meeting or something. And the, the guy introduces himself. He's like, hi, I'm Paul. I'm the band teacher. And then, uh, he turns and introduces his fiance and he goes like, this is Mary. She's my fiance. Mm. And Mary in the story was like really offended by that. Cause she's like, in this context, like meeting my boss, I am like, the counselor first, not your fiance first. Like that is not who I am. Right. And oh, it's just like that's sort of the difference between something that's just a role and like something being who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when it's just a role that you have, it's just like it's just kind of a fact. It can be useful or just a fact. But right. when it becomes an identity it becomes dangerous always. Yeah. And I think, okay, could I, okay, let's try this. So the thing that we all want is to figure out who we are. Mm-hmm. And an identity is uh, a system of thinking that we've created to try to understand who we are. But I would say that identity is who we are. It is who we are. I mean, at least that's how I use the word. Right. Okay. So, okay, okay, how about this? We, here, okay, identity, this is who we are, but then the way we talk about it or the way we think about it becomes entrenched in roles and activities. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we can, like... I guess we put these like flimsy things in the place of our identity Mm. and we give them as much power as that. Like, um, I don't know. I think about maybe it's like you could eat junk food all day long, Mm -hmm. you know, like you could eat junk food as if it was normal food, right? Fill your stomach up with it. You could fill that box. Who am I Mm. with flimsy things, Mm -hmm. um, like a career or relationships or labels or personality trait um or like what you look like like whatever you can fill that identity box with flimsy things and it will fill it up Mm -hmm. but it like you will feel that it is wrong kind of thing like there will be repercussions to that right so it's like you could eat junk food as normal food like that is Mm -hmm. doable you will have a stomach ache. You will not feel good. You you will right. feel tired. You will be unhealthy. Yeah. And like, I think similar things happen when we fill that identity box up. Right. Um, flimsy is a very interesting word. Um, I like it. It's a fun word to say. Flimsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what like what's a what's not a flimsy way to fill up your identity box? To make your identity snowball. (laughs) (laughs) To make my identity snowball. Uh, Like, I'm going to talk about Jesus again on this Please do. (laughs) Um, For 
I believe that like we are all humans and to be a human means like you are a created child of God Mm. and that is like that is that's it that's like the spinach the spinach okay (laughs) not flimsy not flimsy fun fact spinach least flimsy food (laughs) yeah in my mind spinach is like the healthiest food in the world like you can just only eat spinach and be fine I don't know that's probably not true (laughs) so maybe I shouldn't compare God to spinach but um (laughs) um, yeah that that is and that like what I believe a lot of what the Bible is saying is basically just like get that through your head that is the truth and if you could actually understand that God is God and who you are is a child of God, Mm. then like everything else, if you could base your entire life off of like those two facts, Mm. like everything else would work out. The rest is kind of just instructions of what that'll look like. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, that's the only thing you need is to be a child of God. Mm -hmm. And then if you, if you hear there's like a verse, like the, um, I've known what it is mm-hmm. to to live in plenty and to live in want. I, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Mm. I think people like quote that like second part of the verse. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I think they quote that a lot. Mm. But what I think that actually means is that like it doesn't matter how the other labels, roles, situations change. Mm. Um, because like... It's like, I can be a student, then I can be unemployed, then I can be a daughter, then I can be a wife, I can be a woman, I can be a man. It doesn't matter. Those labels can come and go, but the mm-hmm. identity is rock solid. Right. Okay. Hmm. Um, I've actually heard this. Uh, it was something that they characterized like... Um, Muslims Mm -hmm. when you're like a Muslim you're just a Muslim first or like that is your relationship to everyone else it's just oh yeah we're just all Muslims and then they don't talk about like oh like you're a doctor you're an engineer Mm -hmm. you're just like a Muslim first that is your identity Um, yeah like don't worry about it and i don't know if like i don't know i don't i don't know what that means because i think even like if i'm to say i'm a christian Mm -hmm. depending on who i'm talking to like i hesitate to say that because that comes with different connotations like Mm -hmm. every single identity piece it means different things to different people right so like i wouldn't say i would put christian in my identity box because i think christian is just like it is like an institution as much as like I could say mm. I'm a Canadian. Right. You know, like that's just like a, th- a mm-hmm. concept we made up. Mm-hmm. Um, the church is just like a bunch of humans doing stuff. Yeah. Like a yeah, um, bunch of humans <laughs> doing stuff. <laughs> um, sometimes good stuff, sometimes bad stuff. Um, sometimes nothing at all. Right. Um, but like... Yeah, so I don't know what it would what it means, and I assume it means different things to different Muslims. Like if being a Muslim is about the community, right. or the the belief, mm-hmm. or like the relationship with God, or 
just the community. I don't right. Know. It, and again, uh, uh, I I apologize to any Muslim lis- <laughs> listeners out there that I'm completely uh, yeah just ham fisting this uh, uh, this thing that I heard once. Yeah. But like my understanding, it's, it's sort of this separation between or like they sort of mock Western philosophies, mm-hmm. quote unquote, more Western philosophies by being so like individualistic, right? Um, where it's this idea that, oh, you have to figure out who you are. It's a very American idea right. to be like, oh, who are you, right? Right. Uh, where, and having all of the different labels just makes us judge each other more. Right, exactly. Whereas, And I, I think, so the um, in my head, again, it's it's this person mocking the uh, this American who is just wanting to live out their individualist life, um, you know, Come back to the old country. Be a solid, uh, upright, upstanding citizen. Be a good Muslim. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about anything else. Except that you do have to worry about that. I think that's the risk of, like... Or that's the... That's what religion is. Mm. Most of the time is they're like, you have to be this way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there are rules. Um, and I think that's where, like... That's where I, like, wouldn't put Christian in my identity box. Right. I would say I am a Christian, but I wouldn't I wouldn't give that the power of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't you say the identity is who you are and the, the, it's, it's the spinach. It's the, it's the not flimsy thing. And I would say that is, like, child of God. Right. And that is, like, everybody. And so yeah. that not only is like totally stable for me but it's also i'm on a totally even even playing field right. with everybody else and be- including people that don't believe right what i believe about god yeah and i guess for that reason it's like why are we even mentioning this it's mm-hmm. like oh hi welcome to earth you're also on earth great yes Let's, like why are we talking about this like yeah. that's such a it's a, such a silly thing to add you did not need to add that yeah and i think like because at that point, when you, if, like, I would love if I could, that is, like, what I aspire to, is to just mm. be able to look at other people and see them that way. Like, you mm. are a human created and loved the same way that I am. And, like, that would be what I would see people as. And mm. then all the other stuff, all the roles and labels, I could just learn about them. And right. that would be interesting. And I'm like, oh, like, you grew up in that country? You believe in this God? Like, what does that look like? Like, that's cool. Mm. Like, we're equal, we're the same, you're different, that's interesting. And there's no judgment or value attached to that. Ideally, in my, the way I think the world was supposed to be. Well, okay, so I was going to say, Rachel, like, don't you do that? Like, don't you, don't you, I mean, honestly, that's kind of how I approach meeting new people. It's mm-hmm. like, I go and I meet them, and like, honestly, who cares? Like, just tell me about you, where did you grow up, you know? I, mm-hmm. what... But sometimes afterwards, that's when the judgment... I, I think we do. I don't think we're terrible people, Jane. Right. <laughs> but I think there always is judgment that creeps in. Like, right. there's the person on the bus that you're more likely to talk to mm-hmm. than the other person. That's true. Um, for some, like, judgment that we've made. Or there's, like, the people that you meet that you care about more than the other people that you've met. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's not to say you need to expend endless energy on every single person in the entire right. world. But I, I think there's no reason to, like, love certain people more or less. I kind of think there is. <laughs> like, how else are you, like, I think it's okay to care about some people more than other people. Yeah. Just based on how much time they've returned into you, like, how, like, interesting they are, or not interesting, Mm -hmm. but, like, I mean, I guess I understand conceptually, you know, love everyone, but then at a certain point, again, that's sort of like a, okay, great, we've all acknowledged that, move on, we all live on planet Earth, okay, let's, let's start, let's start a more, um, we need to start diving in a little further mm-hmm. and there is a difference between loving someone and like doing everything for them mm-hmm. i think sometimes the best way to love someone is to like have healthy boundaries right. and to like you know i don't i don't think i don't think that's it but i think i guess it's just like something what i know to be true mm. is that like those judgments are wrong and those judgments harm our relationships. Um, and that doesn't mean that without those judgments, we would just, that we would be friends with different people or that we would, you know, give the people that we don't want to hang out with more of our time because we weren't judging them. But I think, I think that judgment steals something from both sides in some way. Okay. So, uh, mid-podcast recap things Rachel is aspiring to do identity to be more stable less flimsy i.e. child of God nothing else yes judge people less yes I mean if we're talking aspiration judge people never judge people never I read this book uh, called The 49th Mystic by Ted Decker Mm. It is uh, a novel, like an adventure novel, um, but rooted in biblical truths. Okay. It's really good. It's really fun. It's really easy to read, but it's mm-hmm. really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things they said that basically the character in this book is trying to get through her head and that, like the people talking to her are trying to help her understand is to like um, give up your attachment to the labels mm-hmm. um, and stopping judging but it just talked about judgment in like a different way than I thought it was because I always had thought about judgment as like oh I look down on someone mm-hmm. but it talked about how like to some extent we can judge positively too mm-hmm. and so sometimes judgment is just as negative when you like look at it's just as harmful Right. Judgment is just as harmful when you look at someone and you're like, that person is like awesome. That right. person is the best. I want to be like that person because it has that same effect on your identity mm-hmm. as if, um, as if you're like, oh, that person's gross. Right. Um, yeah. I- because every time we pass judgment on someone else, we're basically passing judgment on ourselves as well mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. So sorry, this is a character in the book? Yeah, these are, like, the things that she's learning. Mm. Um, so, like, one of the, the lessons that she learns is all about um, 
kind of seeing beyond what is right in front of her. So, like, what is right in front of her, I think, even at this moment, is, like, she is a blind girl. Right. Or, no, it's... She's been given this, like, weird skin disease thing. Mm. And so, like, she is... I don't like some giving away things that happen in this book. Whatever. She is a scab. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 49th mistake. <laughs> I just don't want to give away spoilers because I actually don't feel to read it because it's really good. Okay. Um, Remind us again of the book title. It's called The 49th Mystic. Mystic. By Ted Decker. Okay. Teddy. Yeah. Um, but so she's got the skin disease. She is a scab. Right. And she just is like so like she's disgusted by herself basically mm. um and so this lesson that she learns through this experience is to like see beyond mm-hmm. that label or that experience or that role that could consume you and become your identity mm-hmm. um oh yeah and she's and stop making judgments of what should and shouldn't be right. basically trying to judge what is good and what is bad um shouldn't okay so you shouldn't should things but mm-hmm. you should good or bad no you shouldn't okay you <laughs> <laughs> okay part of i guess what judgment means yeah is judging what is good and what is bad and don't do that mm-hmm. that that yeah it's weird right because it's like but i mean how do you make any decisions if you don't judge good and bad right um I'm going to go super biblical. Please do. I'm sorry. Don't apologize for yourself. (laughs) But, like, if you think, like, Adam and Eve, you know, like, the story of the garden and the snake, um, and, like, the fall and the beginning of sin and bad in our world, Mm -hmm. um, it starts with them eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And the significance of that is that and the snake tells Eve, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because if you eat from that tree, you will become like God mm-hmm. uh, with the wisdom of God. And so the decision to eat from the tree wasn't just a decision to eat fruit. It was the decision to judge what is good and what is bad. Right. Um, for themselves, for ourselves. Right. Um, and I think maybe the reason I'm like so passionate about the fact that we shouldn't judge and that we shouldn't place our identity in these things is because i think that's like literally the root of evil right and it's like that should okay it's the root of evil that sounds so strong but i think it's true is so is that like god's job god's job is to do judgment am i interpreting that correctly yeah well i think it's and and for us to do a job that's God's and not ours, that is evil. Because we are sort of trying to encroach upon God's... Yeah, yes. And also, but when I say the root of all evil, I mean like that. But also, there is so much like harm that we can see that comes from it. Like, like pretty much every war that's ever been fought was basically fought over identity. Like, whether it was like you're a Muslim, I'm a Christian, you're a German, I'm a Frenchman. Like, whatever it was, it was all like, I am me, you are other, I am good, you are bad. Right. We have decided this. Right. Therefore, we kill each other, we torture each other, we 
totally dehumanize each other. <sighs> okay. I... So you definitely have brought a lot of uh, gravity to judgment. I would almost... The whole time I think I wanted to ease you off or ease ease us back from that ledge right so i think my perception towards judgment is it's something we do so okay my what i wanted to say was earlier we were talking about identity and this obsession we have with identity and how we're just trying to figure out who we are and we try to we try to cram these these uh these donuts these we try to cram these like nameplates into this into this spot like there's a there's a nice empty spot and it's like okay does this name fit no and we're just trying to this is a very (laughs) imperfect metaphor but we're trying to uh it's like trying to type something in to something that's supposed to have a drop down box yeah (laughs) thank you Um, so yeah, you're trying to enter this information in and it's not quite working and we're like trying all these different combinations of items to fit into our identity and try to understand what we are. Where was I going with this? Oh, I think, and so I think my response to that earlier was, if, if only there was a way we could just be at ease with ourselves, mm. where we didn't need to be. And I think your response was, we can be at, at ease because we already know we are already full. We are already children of God. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to try to fill in that missing spot. We're not trying to answer that question with other things. We already have the answer. It's right in front of us. Like, yeah. let's stop looking. Right? Yeah. And so I think... My, I would almost say something similar is that like we are so obsessed with this question because we're worried we don't know, but it's like you do know the answer was in front of you the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just like if you just become e- uh, be at ease with that answer that's already been given to you. Um, yeah. And so I think finding ease with the situation was my response there. And I went into that giant preamble because I wanted to say something similar here is I find judgment is something we do. And I think the way forward is I I truly find the way to judge less is to accept that we judge Mm -hmm. that like we are human. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, you could go back to the uh, I, I mean to try to put it into the biblical sense it's like yeah it sucks that we've sinned but i mean also we're human we have sinned yeah and we've already forgiven for that and it's like anyways this is what we do so as humans we judge people we try to categorize things we make good bad decision it is bad it leads us into trouble Mm -hmm. you know but i think uh, forgive ourselves for the fact that we do it. And yeah. I think 
the harder we try to resist that, like, mm, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. Oh, now I'm judging myself for judging. You know, it's like, I think it's this, this judgment spiral where we can step out of that and be yeah. like, okay, I just judged that person, but you know what? Like, it's fine. Who cares? Sometimes I judge people. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. But so I think that's why to never judge is a little like absolute about it. Right. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Like another thing I learned from the 49th Mystic was they were talking about fear. Like don't give fear power by being scared of it. Mm. And I think it's just the same with judgment. Like don't give judgment power mm-hmm. by judging yourself with the judgment right um that this the solution to judgment and fear mm-hmm. maybe they're kind of the same whole nother conversation Whoa. but um is like acceptance and love right you're like so you you know you notice it or whatever you judge another person mm-hmm. the solution is not oh, I should love them and then judge myself for judging them, the solution should just be to be like, I'm in a judgmental frame of mind. I'm judging someone else, which means I'm probably judging myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm probably judging them because of my own insecurities. Like, who Mm -hmm. even, like, whatever. Who knows? Mm -hmm. The solution is just like, okay, let's try and just love. Right. Yeah. That we'll, yeah, I think... I definitely fall into that tendency of just being like, that is bad. Mm. Which is judgment about judgment. Right. Um, and I think almost one of the reasons why it makes it hard, mm. it's hard to talk about, it's hard to, it's hard to fix something that you like can't admit about yourself. Right. Like it's hard to be, it's hard to be less judgmental when it's such a terrible thing to be judgmental because you can't talk about it. Right. Oh, you're ashamed of how much... That shame. Papow. Secrecy. Silence. <laughs> Remember that movie we watched the other day? <laughs> that it was... Wine Country. Wine Country. And uh, Brene Brown showed yeah. <laughs> up at the restaurant. It's just all these middle-aged women and they were just like, oh my gosh, Brene Brown. Boundaries. 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 <laughs> Anyways, that's funny. Shame. I want to be as smooth as Brene Brown was in that. Yeah, thank you. Know? That like confident, that like, yes, I love you, thank you, boundaries. boundaries. <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah. When, we're, when we're talking about how to love everybody, mm. just like Brene Boundaries. Brown. Oh, what a superhero. What a superhero. Um, Other aspirations. Be Brene Brown. <laughs> be Brene Brown. Um, I don't think I could be a researcher. Actually, you should be Brene Brown. Me? She gets to talk to people all day long. And then make Not ambitious enough. Oh, I do like spreadsheets, though. Not talking to people all day long is not ambitious enough? I think you should be Brene Brown. Okay, thanks. Working on it. Um, so, Headspace, this meditation app I use, uh, they one way they talk about training the mind, a lot of the, the rhetoric they use around meditation is about training um like mindfulness and i think so okay the reason i'm bringing this in is because i think something about like i think we can train our brains to judge less and in the past or or okay so we want to judge less that is the goal 
but the path to get to judge less we don't have a good road map mm. you know we aren't very good at teaching ourselves how to judge less and so the path meditation introduces or at least this um, app introduces is um one of they have these cute little animations <laughs> and one of the animations is about training a horse uh and basically the metaphor is your mind is a wild horse and it's running around all over the place but you can train it um and the way to train it isn't by pinning it down like putting a saddle on its back and just like okay you're obedient now right it's you uh put it on a leash but you let that leash super big you don't even you don't even you don't let the horse suspect that it's on a leash Mm -hmm. right and you let it run around like crazy but there like one hand at a time you gently bring the leash back in and so the horse like slowly grows accustomed to um listening to the influence of the leash while also um doing its running around thing as well yeah um and so i think and it's sort of that like gentle approach to okay we're humans we're gonna judge we're judging like crazy but i think the way to train our judgment to to the way to minimize our judgment is to like yeah gently guide ourselves into judging less Mm -hmm. and i think how that happens is a way of like yeah um being at ease with it acknowledging that we are judging you know don't be ashamed it's like nope I am judging right now, but I'm slowly trying to train it, right? And mm-hmm. it's like knowing how to talk about it. Um, Even hey. accepting that it's okay, that it's hard to talk about. Yeah. Then maybe you don't do it at first. Right. I heard this thing. Um, I don't 100% know what I feel, but it reminds me of what you're talking about. Mm. heard this thing that, um, like, if someone says something or something happens, the first thought in your head is what you've been trained to think. The second thought is kind of what you actually think. Oh. So sometimes when, and I've noticed this when I'm like trying to change thought patterns, mm. whether it's something like body image, like you look in the mirror, the first thing you think maybe is what you've been trained to think. Mm. But then the second thing is what you actually know to be true that you're actually trying to train yourself to think oh. more of. And I think, and I've like, I've seen it work in my life. Like I slowly that second thing slowly becomes the first thing right? as I've like trained it. Like, it's just like this constant, it works best when it's gentle yeah. <laughs> self-correction. Mm. That's just like, and I, it happens with other people too. I think mm. as I've like sought to be less judgmental, it's like, I see someone and I like think mm. something about them. I'm like, wait, actually maybe not that maybe right. this. Wow. That's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so I guess, I mean, there are things that we've trained ourselves to think which are good, and there are also things that we've trained ourselves to think which are bad, Mm -hmm. right? Or that the world has trained us, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. And I guess it's like, yeah, it's just 
difficult to, I don't know, have that gentleness. Yeah. Anyways. Wow. Crazy. And I think it's cool. I think what's cool about what we've been talking about this, both in like talking about judgment, talking about like how we think, talking about identity is like, it's so cool how much it is like how we're treating ourselves is how we're treating other people. Mm. Oh, another plug for something that taught me a lot. Yeah. TED Talk called the person, oh, the person you're supposed to marry, or the person uh. you should marry. I forget who it's by, but basically what she says, as weird as it sounds, is that the person you should marry is yourself. That you should, the way you should treat yourself is as if you're married. Like for right. better or for worse, we're in this. Yes. Because we're one person. Yeah. Um, but one of the things she says, the only relationship you're ever going to have with another person is the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. Which, like, I always, I believe, but I every time I say it, I'm like, is that true? Eh. But then every time we talk about these things, it's so obvious that, like, when I'm, when I'm judging others, I'm also judging myself. Uh-huh. Like, um when I'm putting labels on other people, I'm putting labels on myself and like you can't separate it. Like they yeah. they literally happen at the same time. Right. You can't do one without the other, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. every judgment passed is passed on you and everybody else. So I think that's cool. It just brings you back to that like, sometimes that's like what people need to treat themselves better is to be reminded that it's actually going to be better for other people if they treat themselves better too. Yeah. Crazy. That you can't get away from it. You can't get away from you, self-love. You can't get away from loving other people because whichever one you care about more, <laughs> it impacts the other one. Yeah. Inescapable. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have to pee. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, thanks, Rachel. Hey, thanks, Jason. Are we going to wrap up this podcast? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I wanted to thank uh, you. I want to th- give a shout out to Katie, who's a super listener. It's so cute. She always texts me, but she's like, Jason, you podcast it. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Katie. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> so shout out to Katie. And um, yeah, anyways, bye. bye.